When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You okay there, Derek? <laughs> Things are not great in Arizona sports, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome into another edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as somebody that is really tired of talking about his hair. This guy next to me, he's my vice mayor. He's got my hair back. Uh, it's the Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. We thought you might be on TV for for a hot second there. Derek. We thought today they were going to do a side by side with me and Lourdes. There was a there was talk. There was talk there of was that. Talk. Uh, and Nick Schultz says D-backs lost. Sun's getting steamrolled. Yes, that's uh, existence as an Arizona sports fan is pain, <laughs> Jerry. Uh, welcome in, though. Of course, the Diamondbacks did lose to the Marlins uh, by a score of six to two. They do have a chance still to close out the series uh, with. With a series win, uh, which would be very nice tomorrow in tomorrow's getaway game. Uh, but tonight's game was very important, obviously, because it was Fought Tuesday. And it was Brandon Fott's second career start after he struggled against the Texas Rangers. We were all waiting to see him rebound against a Marlins team that has not produced very much offense and has not been very good uh, at the dish lately. And that was not the case tonight. The Marlins... The very first hit of the night, the very first pitch of the night, Jazz Chisholm hit for a single that he turned into a double with a steal uh, and scored right away in the first inning. And the Diamondbacks were down before they even had the bat in their hands and never had a chance to really bounce back after that. Yeah, I mean, it, it turns out that all major league hitters can hit center cut fastballs, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's not it's not just the Texas Rangers you thing. Would. Uh, I know. So I guess some of their, you know, most of their big hits, I think all three of their homers were on breaking pitches. Today, it was a little bit more of Fott's four seamer that got hit. But the point still stands from Fott's last start. If you throw pitches in exceptionally hittable locations, it doesn't matter. You know, if you're if you're Jonah Heim, who has an OPS of 950 somehow for the Texas Rangers, or, you know, if you're if you're a guy like Corio Soler, who's sort of been off to a hard uh, a rough start so far for the Miami Marlins, you're going to do your damage on those kinds of pitches. And Brandon Fott left some pitches once again in some terrible locations. Terrible locations. And, I mean, he even got away with quite a bit tonight yeah. where he was just throwing fastballs right down the middle. Uh, and then at one point, he just abandoned his fastball altogether later on in the outing. Like, it wasn't all terrible. Brandon Fott did sen- settle in nicely in the third and fourth inning, but we didn't get to see him continue that into the fifth because he had another rough inning in the fifth. But things started off bad right away. Jorge uh, Soler, who 
I ironically enough commented to Jesse hasn't been hitting very well when when he came up for his first at bat. Uh, we know how that went. Now. You're the one who said that. I Derek. am the one apparently <laughs> who does all the cursing around here. But uh, that that he had two home runs off of Fott, and it was just a, a rough. It was a rough go, a rough outing. And like you said, uh, when he wasn't kind of out of the strike zone, he he was dead center, and uh, there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of edges there wasn't a lot of corners being caught it really felt like he was just catching a tremendous amount of the plate especially with his fastball yeah yeah and i mean there were there were still some good signs in there for brandon fought he had 13 whiffs in the game which is a pretty decent number uh four whiffs on 13 swings on his slider four whiffs on six swings on his changeup. those are good numbers and they were pretty good numbers the last time around too I think he was even a little bit better today at throwing pitches in in some spots where he could get swings and misses. That was kind of something we pinpointed the last time around is you don't want to be throwing those sliders and changeups right over the middle of the plate. And you also don't want to throw them, you know, so far out of the strike zone that nobody's going to swing at them. There were some pitches in this game were fought through those through those pitches right where he wanted to the slider and the changeup. There were some that were well located that did get the whiffs that, that you would hope for the problem like we said earlier, is, is you know, it doesn't matter how many good pitches, you know, well-located breaking pitches right out of the strike zone that you throw, it only takes a few mistakes, uh, you know, to, to set things up for, for an offense really well. And, and for Fought tonight, it was more than a few. I mean, it was just, it felt like every at-bat, there were multiple pitches that were just middle-middle. And you're going to get away with those every once in a while, but you're not going to get away... Uh, with them consistently, even against the Miami Marlins offense that has, you know, been one of the worst in the game so yeah. far. That's the thing is even bad major league pitching or hitting is still much, much better than even good minor league hitting, right? So yeah, Brandon Fogg can sometimes get a, get away with those 95, 96 mile per hour fastballs right down the middle in minor leagues, but they're just not, you know, missing it at a major league level. It's not just fought though. The the team was the team was just just poorly performed tonight, flat out. And I mean, there were yeah. several facets that they were bad at. Defensively, they were very bad. Uh, and I mean, I guess not even very bad, you could say. But like when they I play, say the defense was so bad. Well, OK, here's what I will say. Uh, when you play exceptional defense, you come to expect exceptional defense at all times. Right. We saw Corbin Carroll miss a couple of balls out there in the outfield that looked like he could have made the plays on them, but they would have been hard plays to make. It's not like they were easy plays to make, but. There were, I think, two, maybe even three, you know, balls that that he he made an honest effort at getting and just wasn't able to get there. And like, again, that that was some of probably uh, the newness and growing pains of, of Corbin Carroll being in center field now. Yeah. And I mean, there was, you know, I, I don't know if it was some confusion between him and Dominic Fletcher on one of those plays. But, uh, you know, there there was that. And again, I'm not knocking his defense. I'm not saying he. Uh, he didn't misplay balls that he obviously should have caught, but no. we just expect someone like Carroll with his speed and what we've seen out of him already to make these highlight reel style catches and and make them consistently. And when he doesn't, you know, it, it seems like that. But um, also, Gabriel Moreno couldn't get Jazz stealing once, twice, but third time's the charm. He got him. No, it wasn't the third time. No, it was, it was, actually, it was John Birdie. John Birdie stealing. Couldn't but... get couldn't get Jazz though. Jazz got two steals tonight on Gabby Moreno. So. And then the offense was kind of just missing in action as well. Yeah, I mean, the offense somehow had 11 hits. The D-backs actually out-hit the Marlins in this game. But it was, you know, you talk about, like, scattering hits, and that's sort of what this felt like. The D-backs yeah. just kind of scattered the hits. Yeah. They never really strung together an inning. 
uh, they were still able to push across a couple of runs. But this game was was, you know, decided basically in the second inning when the Marlins took a four nothing lead. Uh, the D-backs offense only only able to push across two runs. I wouldn't really worry about that. I mean, this Diamondbacks offense, frankly, has been performing out of their minds for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the fact that they still got 11 hits in this game, like they continue to put hits on the board. Uh, but you're going to have days like this where you, where you just kind of scatter those hits around and, and you're unable to, to really string anything together. Uh, so no real concerns for me uh, for the D-backs offense. But yes, this was not just all on Brandon Fott. The D-backs as a whole did not play a great game. And frankly, even if Brandon Fott had given you, you know, six innings, three runs, uh, like a pretty solid outing, yeah. you're probably still losing this game. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. I mean, I don't know. I don't know when when it gets to a point where you try extra hard in a close game. Uh, I, I've, I've noticed that the Diamondbacks don't really do well when they're trying extra hard, but maybe if the game was in a little bit of closer reach than being behind down by four runs, that Solaire, that second Solaire home run just let the let let the yeah. little air that was in the building at Chase Field out because there were not many. It people. was it was a three two count. There was a runner at second base. You could make a pretty good case that there was no reason to pitch to, to Jorge Soler in that spot. I think it was a slider that he hit out. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was again, it was kind of a center cut slider. Like, you know, some of his pitches weren't quite squarely middle-middle. They were maybe like middle-down. Yeah. Uh, but just like there were so many pitches for Brandon Fott in this game that were right in, you know, right in very hittable locations. And, and we kind of knew that if Brandon Fott is going to struggle in a big league game, this is what it's going to look like. It's not going to be Brandon Fogg going out there and walking six and having a pitch count of 87 in the third inning. It's going to be Brandon Fogg getting just too much of the strike zone and getting knocked around and probably giving up a couple of home runs. And, yeah. and that's the version of him that we've seen in these first two starts. Personally, Derek, moving forward, I wouldn't be overly concerned with what I've seen from Brandon Fogg so far. Uh, number one, he is his his body language. You could just tell. I think he's nervous. I think he's just kind of struggling a little bit to to adapt and settle down. I think that's something that will come with time. The other thing is that um, you know it's it's two starts, right? So there's a certain mm -hmm. level of you For probably sure. shouldn't be overreacting anyway. I want to overreact. You know, I overreact. It's what I do. Look <laughs> at my purple hair. I I overreact to everything. And the last thing that I would say about Fought is that. I mean, this is just kind of like I said earlier. I mean, this is what it's going to look like when when Brandon Fott struggles. And and I mean, in any situation where you have a pitcher throwing as many center cut pitches as he did, you're going to get hit. Right. It's just going to happen. And so I almost feel like we haven't really gained any information here. All we know is that when Brandon Fott throws his stuff right down the middle, it gets hit. And and it, it was always going to be the case that if Brandon fought through his stuff right down the middle, it was going to get hit. And so far, we have only confirmed that. This is the top notch analysis that you get by watching this show. Right. right exactly. This is I'm just saying Brandon fought in the minors was good because he wasn't throwing his stuff in these locations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brandon fought was yeah. able to paint corners consistently, especially last season in the minors. And that's where all of the the hype came from. Yeah. Like this guy is a this guy is a control and command artist, and We're and he just and he just hasn't done that. We're and and that. you you kind of figure that because of what he showed in the minors, eventually he's going to find a way to translate that to the big leagues. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things about Brandon Fott. One thing that we were told today by not just one person but by several people is that the entire time they've been around Fott, he has just 
cool as the other side of the pillow. He does not ever, he, he might have a bad outing, but he doesn't have a bad day is what I was told. Right. And, uh, there's just something about him that he's, he's kind of always, he doesn't, he doesn't ever seem rattled. So you might not know when he's extremely nervous because even though he might be nervous, he's not showing it. It feels like yeah. a lot of what we've seen so far is nerves. It is interesting because Brent Strom has been very big on their pitchers throwing their stri- uh, their their fastball high in the in the strike zone, and we are definitely not really seeing that out of Brandon Fott. Brandon Fott, everything that he had was low in the zone. I mean, or right in the down the middle, like he wasn't able to really get his fastball up and, and, and elevate, you know, just the, the strike zone, you know, stretch that strike zone. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I do think that, you know, while, while, while it feels like I want to panic, while it feels like there's, there's a lot of concern here, the, the fact of the matter is, is that this is, this is what, what the problem is with having as many young pitchers in your starting rotation yeah. as the Diamondbacks do. Very true. You just don't know what you're going to get out of them. And honestly, in this case, you could tell the Marlins had a game plan against Fott. They came out and they were aggressive right out of the gate. They knew Fott was going to throw strikes and they knew he was going to throw it right down the middle. You could just tell by Jazz's contact with the very first pitch of the game. So uh, I don't know. I think that there are a lot of things uh, to build on and and the – we're going to talk here about Brent Strom. Uh, we had a press conference with Brent Strom today. He's just one of the most fascinating people to talk to. He is uh, fascinating. And, and so we have a lot to talk about when it comes to that, including some very interesting comments on Madison Bumgarner. But everything that, that Brent Strom today said that Brandon Fott did poorly in the start against the Rangers and that he needed to improve on was the exact same faults that he had in pretty this much. game, essentially. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and that's why, I mean, yeah, Michael, That I mean, that's pretty much what we're saying, right? He has to work corners with his stuff, and it's obvious to everyone that if he doesn't, if he lives right down the middle, he's going, he's going to get destroyed, right? Um, so I, I still feel like, you know, I, I think he's just really struggled with with the stage a little bit and, and the nerves and just kind of getting himself to calm down. Um, so, you know, hopefully he's able to, to overcome that. I do think Marky Mark makes a, a valid point. Uh, talking about the young pitchers that, yeah. that you just mentioned, one got sent down, the other three have borderline infinity ERAs. There's some truth to that, right? Dre Jameson is in Reno. Brandon Fott, Tommy Henry, and Ryan Nelson have all struggled mightily this season. Yeah. And we came into the year, right, with with a lot of hype built up around those four guys. Yeah. Right? Dre Jameson and Ryan Nelson sub two ERAs last year in their first taste of the majors. Brandon Fott, one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball. You thought you might have like like two number two starters in there or something. And and so far what the D-backs have gotten is just not even a major league caliber yep. level of performance. And like you said earlier, when you're relying this much on young guys, there's some risk that that's going to happen. There's there's some risk that guys you think are going to be number two starters wind up not being major league caliber starters at all. Uh, and we're not to that point yet by any stretch of the imagination. Yep. It's still very early, but the results that this early in the season have been very poor for those guys. And I do want to defend uh, our position here a bit on Brandon Fott, just because uh, we are as baffled, not really baffled, like we know what he's doing wrong, but we're baffled about why it's happening as as everyone else is. And and they, uh, we've had a couple of people come at us and, and kind of be like, uh, this was the guy you hyped up. Uh, let me tell you, <laughs> yeah, we were the only ones, we were the only ones. <laughs> Everybody was excited about Brandon fought. 
And I think that there's still reason to be like we shouldn't give up on baseball players, especially young kids like this, just because their first few starts go. Yeah, go go awry. Right. And like, even if he has to get sent down too, like like the D-backs aren't going to let Brandon Fott have these kind of outings, you know, for long six, seven times. Yeah. Like they don't want to wreck his confidence. They don't want to completely yeah, throw off at, his at a certain at a certain point. You you don't want to You don't want to do that. So. I, we'll, we'll see what Tori Lovello says after the game. My guess is the D-backs will still have fought uh, take his start against the San Francisco Giants, which would line up for Sunday. Uh, but yeah, they're not going to let him go through this forever. And there are a lot of great starting pitchers in this league that came up and just didn't have it and, and struggled on this stage and, and had to get sent back down yeah. to, to work on things. And, and the other thing, just real quick, is Brandon Fought was never necessarily you know a number one starter he was he was never i think when when people saw him on the prospect list and whatnot where he was there was this tendency to assume that he had ace caliber stuff that he was a top of the rotation max scherzer-esque brandon fought was is and was and is a extraordinarily good pitching prospect but a, a lot of it was because of how well he's able to locate the ball the fact that he has a good mix of pitches and he knows and he knows how to use them. Right. It wasn't necessarily that Brandon Fott is going to come in and and blow you away with 100 miles an hour and this crazy movement on a slider and a curveball or, you know, it wasn't really about that. It was just that he should be a really steady major league starter. And, and he still has a chance to do that. Right. Just yeah. because he, he started off rough in these first two games doesn't necessarily say a whole lot. Uh, Thunderbolt 47. You better be here in the good times, too, man. Because if you're only here during the bad times <laughs> to say stuff like this, what kind of life is that? Come on. Let's all have a good time together. This sucks. But luckily, uh, there's a lot of baseball still left to play. Uh, 162 games total, believe it or not. And the Diamondbacks <laughs> are still scheduled to win about a little bit more than half of those, which means there's still going to be a whole lot of losses. And they're also 20 and 16. Yeah. Which is pretty darn good at this point in the season despite what happened today. I have fucking purple today. hair. Again, I didn't want to talk about it. This is the second time I mentioned it because of how good they were in April and I don't still don't think that they've been very bad in May. I still don't think I'm getting that tattoo and this loss helps kind of clinch that a little bit more for me, but uh, I will say that the Diamondbacks still have a very easy month ahead of them and there's still a lot of things to be happy about, including a goddamn home run snake. There is a home run snake in the fucking dugout now. That is Evan Longoria with it wrapped firmly around his neck. And it is exactly as we discussed, Jesse. We said we want big carnival slash state fair stuffed snake, or we wanted a snake hat, or we wanted the Cobra Commander mask. This is good. I like this. I was there today when Nick Ahmed brought this in. I knew what it was the minute that I saw it, Jesse. There was a, there's a rattle on it, so it is a rattlesnake. So okay. it, it does... Technically, even though has kind of a little bit of a leopard pattern to it, it still qualifies. <laughs> uh, no diamonds on it, but that's the thing about it is this is fucking cool, and I'm excited, even though today didn't go the way they wanted it to. I wanted to see that thing on lots of people today. I wanted to see it wrapped around the whole yeah. goddamn team. But uh, I, I do I'm have to say that. that this is pretty funny because the other day we asked Christian Walker about the whole home run celebration thing that's taking Major League Baseball by storm, and he was... He, he sort of made it sound like there might be something in the works, yeah. which, of course, we're seeing now. Yeah. But he also said that at this point, it feels like if we were to start having a home run celebration, that we would just be doing it because everyone else is. Oh, and, don't think that. and that's kind of exactly yeah. what the Diamondbacks are doing. Like he I, just he just said that and then he just kind of walked right into it. Right. So I guess I don't know. But- what do you what do you make of that, Derek? 
no, no, because no. this is like this is the entire idea that if you know uh, everybody else is having fun, that you shouldn't have fun because yeah, it's copying yeah. the fun everybody else right, is having. No, right, if it's fun, I, it's fun. Everyone, I, everyone wants to get in on it. Right. I've emphatically wanted more celebrating because baseball is one of those sports where major league is the worst at it. I mean, it's just gotten to the point where we 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 have our stick stick up our asses so much about this game that like we're watching college and we're watching softball, we're watching WBC and we are literally looking outside like, you know, like the meme of of from from Silicon Valley of just staring out the window, watching other people have fun when we're not having fun in Major League Baseball. So, I love the gladiator helmet that they're doing. I love everything that's happening with the home run celebrations, but uh, yes, a giant stuffed snake definitely makes me feel excited about this. And, uh, you know, that's the reason why around these parts, we have a king snake. And that king snake is the same man with that snake wrapped around his shoulder. It is the one and only ageless wonder himself, Evan Longoria. Jesse, did you would you imagine have imagined that we would have given this many king snakes to Evan Longoria at this point of the season as we have? When we acquired him? I mean, he hasn't even had that good of a season. I so know. Yes, I, I'm just saying. We've probably does, given him three at it least. It does feel like... I mean, he's kind of been that way, though. Like, Evan Longoria hasn't really been, like, a steady one for three, two for four kind of a guy. Yeah, he's sort of streaky. been, like, either I'm going to have three hits, including a dinger, or, or, or I'm going to go, like, 0 for 5. Yeah, with uh, three strikeouts. So, that, I guess that lends itself to a, a disproportionate number of, <laughs> yeah. of uh, King Snake honors at the, at the end of these shows. Definitely. But, uh, but yeah, uh, nice day for Evan Longoria. Good bounce back game for him. Oh. Uh, he continues to be an important weapon for this team against left-handed pitching. Uh, Clutch Canuck said earlier that he's just glad the team is facing a righty tomorrow. He and, also said, has the team is... won a game when Longo goes long? Yikes, we might have to look that stat up. I'm not uh, sure that they have. Going back, uh, I, I need it, to it take does, a step back. It does feel like the King Snakes that he's won have all been in losses. Losses, right. Yeah, but yeah. he strings together good games and losses yeah. somehow. Um Elizabeth, going back to the snake celebration, says, if it's snuffed, won't it absorb their sweat? Kind of gross. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth's thinking about this way too much. <laughs> uh, I can't stop thinking about it now, though. I don't know if I will not be able to sleep tonight without thinking about that. But uh, anyway, that was still uh, one of those games, as Toy Lavala would say, we want to just flush and move on from because you got to do that. But hope to see the home run snake out there for the day game tomorrow. 1240 start for the finale and the Diamondbacks again still have an opportunity to win this series against the Marlins and still prevent them from having lost more than two and one of those losses is to the Miami Marlins so they got to do it right Uh, but I will say one way to enjoy this baseball game tomorrow afternoon is with our friends from OGs they have a wide variety of flavors and doses and strains for you whether you want a sativa indica hybrid they got uh, sleep edition gummies they have their happy balance gummies they have a wide variety of doses and strange, uh, including their little micro doses as well. So if you just wanted to get get a little bit uh, of, of, of fun, you can do that with their different dosage sizes. So find them at your local dispensary at ogsbrands.com. Must be 21 or over to enjoy and enjoy responsibly. And speaking of enjoying, I'm enjoy- and enjoying quite a few Four Peaks beers over here because it's that kind of night um, with an Arizona <laughs> sports team uh, performing the way that all of our teams are. Uh, including the Coyotes getting sixth in the draft. I, they didn't drop down, right? They just like I kind know, of held. No, but my my hair was supposed to once again bring luck, and now everything – we're now in the darkest timeline now. Here we are. The D-backs but. dropped down in the first ever MLB <sighs> draft lottery technically. So, anyway. 
Coyotes uh, have good luck compared to some people. That's true. Uh, but you can have good luck by checking out Four Peaks. They'll bring you good luck anytime. You can get them wherever you get your beers. Get them at Circle K or all over the valley. Uh, Four Peaks is also appreciating teachers because it's Four Peaks, Four Teachers. Uh, teacher Appreciation Week is this week. You can thank a teacher and nominate them to win grants, Four Peaks swag, uh, and a grant prize of a custom makeover of their teacher's lounge at school. Go to fourpeaksforteachers.org to nominate a teacher. You can also win yourself some D-backs tickets from Four Peaks. One lucky winner will get four seats to an upcoming Diamondbacks game. Tickets come with D-Bucks. You can grab some food, some ice-cold wowie, or some hop knot. Uh, and you can enter by going to Four Peaks Brew on Instagram. The link is in our bio. You can check them out at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks, and please drink responsibly. Anyone can have the chicken tendies, though, at the 8th Street yeah. Pub. Which we, Jesse, we both we, had the chicken tendies at the ballpark today. They're just not. They're just and, not. And they're I was not like, they just, pub quality. I'm like, yeah, quality normal, so like, ballpark chicken tenders don't even taste good to me anymore because Four Peaks utterly spoiled me. And I've, I'm pretty close, Derek, to those being, like, the only chicken tenders that I'll eat. Yeah. Like, I'm not that well, far away from that eat. point. I've seen you eat other ones, but you won't enjoy them. There's a difference. Yeah, I'll He's just, gonna yeah, bitch and complain fair. the whole time about how <laughs> bad they are compared to Four Peaks, and that, that definitely is, happened that today. That is fair. That uh, is fair. But another thing that happened today was we got to catch up with Brent Strom, which we don't get to do often. I will say this about Brent Strom: I adore that man and the amount of knowledge he has, and more importantly, how much he loves the game of baseball. When you start talking to him, especially the way that Evan Thompson and Barry Bloom and a couple of the guys that know all about the old timey baseball, man, <laughs> when they start getting into the history stuff, you just saw Brent light up. Uh, I also I love where they're just making up names. Yeah, there. I know. Yeah, at times it seems like it. You know, <laughs> he also loves to quiz people because he's like, "Who got that last out in the 1971 <laughs> yeah, World so Series?" He'll put you like, on the spot. Too. It's kind of wild, but. He also comes across like the kind of man that absolutely does not want to do a media session at all. Yet you get him in there in front of the podium. Can't stop talking. He loves it. He's having a great time it's with true. us. Um, but he had a lot to say. He had a lot to say, a lot of candid things to say. Uh, he had a lot of funny things to say. But he also talked quite a bit about Brandon Fott, considering he was the big topic. Uh, he had some comments on Brandon Fott's first start and what he has done well and what he hasn't done so well. Uh, my takeaways with uh, with Brandon were the fact that um, this is a strike thrower who didn't uh, run away from the strike zone, even though you know he got hit hard by a good hitting team uh, and uh, kept competing. You know, I was hoping to get five out of him, and uh, the inning got away from him a little bit. Uh, uh, but he, he I, I think he found out what it's like to pitch in the big leagues. You know, it's, uh, it was an indoctrination, but I expect him to be much better tonight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we expected him to be much better tonight too so um but i mean he's right though i mean there is some indoctrination there there is some like there like you could see throughout the progression of this game that fought got just comfortable and you had a couple of you thought he in, you thought he got comfortable yeah, in the third inning and fourth inning like he started yeah. to like it felt like he got away from all the nerves and everything you know obviously the worst thing had happened already he'd already given up four runs up to that point and he really cruised through those two innings and yeah. i honestly thought that's might might have been what we would see more but it is more typical for an outing to go like that like yeah he he dialed in for a little bit but he couldn't maintain it for too long he couldn't get through that like third yeah. time in the rotation yeah, third, at all. third time through the order strikes again 
It's undefeated. Yeah. Well, not quite undefeated, but no. it feels sort of feels like it's undefeated. What did you pick up there? Were you just thinking that they were just swinging at some bad stuff, or did you think that he kind of got dialed in there at least for a little bit in the in the middle of the outing? I there were definitely some pitches that were still in some bad spots, but like we said earlier, you got can, away with you're them, still yeah. gonna you're still gonna get some outs yeah. if you do that. I I think he was better in in those in those couple of innings, but I still don't know if I ever saw Brandon Fought just kind of just like visually more from a body language perspective, just yeah. like settle in and kind of be himself. Yeah. Uh, I still think there were, there were some nerves and that's totally understandable. Like if, if I were, you know, if I had pitched in, in division two baseball and like not really been recruited whatsoever out of high school and then, you know, been put on not necessarily a big stage, but I think everyone knows that there are some expectations with Brandon Fott yeah. that have come with yeah. with all of the hype that, that we've seen over the last couple of years. And and he's obviously aware of that. And I'm sure that as someone in, in his position, it's probably hard to ignore all of that and just kind of go out there and do your thing. We're probably seeing the effects of that right now. Not everybody reacts to the hype the same way, right? Yeah. We've kind of been amazed by like Corbin Carroll's maturity and his ability to handle all of the wonderful things people are saying about him with kind of a grain of salt and just kind of go out there and still perform. And even Corbin would be the first one to tell you, like, none of that means anything if he doesn't go out there and, and do this stuff. So it's like it, it, all the talk is meaningless until you perform on the field, right? Brandon Fott did get quite a bit of hype around him. And, you know, uh, there's podcasts out there, like, that did stuff about him and, like, made videos about him and stuff. And, like, I'm are you, sure are that you critiquing didn't... Our, are you blaming... No. Are you saying that our video is responsible for his struggle like, so far? There's just, there's just a lot of pressure placed on him, and we might have been one of the sources of the pressure. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. But Matthew Mason, I think, hits the nail on the head here. He says, it's hard not to panic about Brandon. When you are an Arizona sports fan, we are so used to the worst possible outcome. And that's that's the truth, man. Understand. I mean, we haven't we you know, I know there were some comments earlier about we don't really get to see a lot of our prospects pan out and such. And I mean, that's valid and true, too. I don't think we're going to see that out of this particular group. But I also think that there is kind of something to be said about having this many young guys. Yeah. And, and having them, they're going to go through just like every baseball player does. They're going to go through through some hard times as a player and things aren't always going to be easy it's not always going to be a smooth path for brandon it's this rocky road just right out of the gate but it could be one of those things that really just kind of gets him to realize like it's not the end of the world to give up some runs and maybe he gets things back on track it might just be what he needs to get the nerves out of his head might also just add more pressure to each start that this one needs to yeah, be good there you know, is, and that's the other side of that right there is some risk to that yeah i mean the d-backs have a horrendous track record with developing pitching right i, mean, I think we can be up front and say that like there have been a lot of you know very much hyped pitching prospects that have come up through this organization and just not really turned into anything for being honest right john duplantier uh, Anthony Banda, right? He was a, a big name pitching prospect in this organization for a while. Even going back to, oh wow, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm just glad you throw got that out there. I just, I just realized. Ar right, Archie Bradley. Yeah, Archie like, Bradley. Yeah. You know, Archie Bradley was that's huge hype. I mean, huge there was hype. a lot. Yeah, and I mean, he came into the big leagues, and and unlike Brandon Fodd, he burst onto the scene. Right, he beat Clayton yeah. Kershaw in in his first major league start. So. Yeah, you know, pitching prospects are are difficult, and here in Arizona, uh, this organization has really struggled to to develop them, and you know, may, maybe less so develop them through the minors as much as like this next hardest step of once they get to the big leagues, how do you help them, you know, adapt to the majors? And 
you know, I mean, this is the the biggest jump that you're going to make as as a minor league player. That jump from AAA to the majors is the biggest jump that you have to make. And and it's, you know, to a, at a certain level, it's like your success in AAA just doesn't it doesn't mean much. Right. Like just because you can get AAA hitters out doesn't necessarily mean that those same skills that you're using will translate to the majors to get big league hitters out. So, um, you know, it's too early to be all that worked up about any of these guys. But I, I understand people who have their reservations, given where we've been in the past. It's also hard not to be discouraged by seeing Jorge Soler hit a ball fucking farther than I've ever seen a ball hit that, at Chase Field was, in my life. The ball bounced on the concourse, and I'm pretty sure broke a beer at the Blue Moon Brewery thing where you walk up and grab beers. I'm not sure, but I have never seen a ball like go onto the concourse and just continue its path. I don't know if the if a wall wouldn't have stopped it, that ball might still be rolling down here to our to our studio right now. But uh, there were some more comments from Brent Strom on whether Brandon Fott throws too many strikes. Which spoiler alert, he does. Brandon. Yeah, he. Uh, it's funny. He, you should say that because it's very true. He he just he has a great dislike and distaste for walks, and a lot of times uh, as he as he gets going at the major league level. He'll understand how to maneuver a lineup. Let's say, let's say if there's a, because really, a, a, a pitching coach once told me the only time the other manager can dictate who you pitch against is the first three batters of a game. After that, you determine who you want to pitch against by pitching around guys, possibly throwing off-speed pitches that you may walk a guy, but you feel comfortable going to the to the next hitter, so to speak. Uh, and yeah, he he disdains walks. We we will. That's a, the subject that we'll continue to monitor with him. Doesn't like to walk guys. Well, he didn't walk many guys, but he did no. give up the goddamn longest home run I've ever seen in my life at Chase Field. He had two walks and, and both were to Jazz Chisholm. And I think part of that is kind of playing into what Stromy's talking about here with, you know, you you have some control over which guys you face and which guys you don't. And yeah. I think Brandon fought kind of used that philosophy in this game and, and you know, issued a couple walks to a guy who was clearly seeing the ball well against him. Like we said earlier, you could make Casey probably should have pulled that card with Jorge Soler as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, this has been an issue. And it's something that, that we talked about in that video that you mentioned. It's something that I wrote about after Brandon Fott's first start. The man throws too many strikes. Uh, I think it was a little a little bit improved today. His zone rate today was 52%, I believe. Last start, it was 60%, which is extremely high. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think he maybe improved a little bit in that regard. But it's just so funny to see a pitching coach talking about, uh, you know, wanting to limit walks like a distaste for walks as being a bad thing, right? Like, Brent Strong, there, there is a, a point at which limiting walks is not necessarily a good thing. Like, the very best pitchers don't have zero walks. There are There is a time and a place to, to try to throw pitches outside the strike zone and kind of work around guys, see if... See if you get them to chase, and if they don't, live with the result of that guy going to first base rather than doing something worse on a ball in the strike zone. That's something that I think Brandon Fott will will have to continue to grow in uh, as the years go by. Chris just joined us. Welcome into the sadness. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> this is a safe space. Uh, we are here. It's not exactly pack therapy. We don't know what snakes do. Uh, we nest, maybe. I don't know what we do when we... We need to offer therapy, but uh, back in the chat, the clutch Canucks said, I noticed Fott and Henry's cheeks get a little more red in embarrassment when Strom finishes a mound visit with them. 
Uh, and I'm going to tell you why that is. Mm. Um, and I want Jesse to write an article on this. I'm, I rarely request Jesse to write an article. Uh, and I don't do it on air. I usually do this off air. But I want you to talk to the pitchers in the Arizona Diamondbacks organization. And I want to get their strangest stories on Brett, what Brett Strom has said to them during mound visits. The reason why is because I have heard that some of Brett Strom's mound visits are absolutely legendary. Where he doesn't even talk to you about the baseball game. He walks up and he'll be like, hey, you seen any good movies lately? Like, what the fuck is that? And it's Brent Strom getting your mind off of this panic situation or whatever psychoanalysis therapy thing he's doing for you on the mound. But that man is a genius and his intelligence goes far beyond baseball, like we said. Uh, I truly think that he... Uh, knows at times exactly what to say, but I think that's the reason why sometimes guys are a little flabbergasted when he comes up. I, I kind of get it. I mean, as a reporter, I'm a little flabbergasted too after after a conversation with Brent Strong, right? He's a really brilliant guy, and you have to wonder if, like, from a pitcher's standpoint, there might be some element of, like, you know, my pitching coach is, is sort of like a living legend in, in the game of baseball, uh, you know, I, being a younger guy, maybe there's some level of embarrassment or, you know, maybe yeah. there's some level oh, yeah. of not being able to pull off or, or fully understand what he's saying or yeah. whatnot. I think maybe he's you an just out- disappointed him and you don't want to disappoint someone yeah. like Brandstrom, right? I think yeah. he, I mean, it seems like he's, he's a very good teacher and, you know, I don't want to make it sound like he's talking over guys' heads to the point where they have no idea what, what he's saying or sure. anything like that. But sometimes um, he does talk about very high level concepts that like, you would need to explain to even us reporters in the room as far as what, <laughs> you, well, probably not Jesse, but Just the rest of us. Speak for yourself. Yeah, Derek. I was like, the rest of us, Jesse gets it. But um, he did, he, you know, the other thing about Brent is that he does not, he doesn't really hold back. He, he had a lot of funny things to say. Someone asked about the slider and he said, it's because we're all, we're using sticky stuff over here. Is yeah. Like just yeah. I asked, I asked a question. We were talking about Kyle Nelson. Oh, yeah, that's, right. Reliever, that's right. Uh, he's had, had quite a bit of success this year and, and Nelson's spin rate is up on his slider. And so I asked Strami about that. And yeah, he made a joke about the D-backs having access to some special sticky stuff <laughs> that nobody else in the league does, which we hope it's not true. Yeah, no. They'd be, they'd be I hope, in, they uh, I hope an investigation trouble. doesn't start because <laughs> of a funny joke. But uh, he also had some very interesting comments on Madison Bumgarner. Yes, and we did. will allow Brent to speak for himself when it comes to uh, the struggles that Bumgarner went through and, and coaching him. You know, I kind of danced around the raindrops on, on Bum a little bit. I think um, I have a great deal of respect for this guy and what he did. Uh, suffice it to say, <clears throat> a lot of times I think Highly successful people are resistant to change, and this was a highly resist, highly successful guy that uh, perhaps uh, uh, the changes that I tried to make and what I introduced and this and that, we just it just didn't take, and so uh, uh, we had an amicable divorce, so to speak. It's really interesting because we know yeah. we know we heard a lot about Madison Bumgarner making changes. We know we we were constantly heard about him working on stuff. It sounded like Madison Bumgardner was actually open to change or maybe open to trying to figure out what he could do to find success. But based on what Strom said there, it doesn't sound like that's the case. And I, I mean, obviously, with Madison Bumgardner growing older and, and needing to kind of adapt, it does become like an adapt or, or get or fall behind or get left behind. Right. And I mean, if he's not willing to adapt and listen to what somebody like Brent Strom has to say, who in the league can yeah. get mad bum, right. Right. Like we, we talked about when they brought 
Brent Strom in that he would be a great coach for Mad Bum because he it's one of the few people I imagine Bumgarner respects and would actually listen to. Whereas if they brought in a younger guy, he would probably just disregard any any coaching advice that they had for him or any changes that they wanted him to make. Yeah, I mean, this is something that I think a lot of people kind of suspected was happening. And while Bumgarner was here, you know, it would have caused all sorts of issues if if Stromy had gone on record saying this, sure. that that he was trying to make trying to make suggestions that Bumgarner just wasn't really receptive to. That would not have gone well if Bumgarner was still in the organization. Uh, I'm honestly a little surprised still that Stromy was was willing to go on the record and and say this even even too. after the fact yeah. um you know it it does speak to Madison Bumgarner being kind of the guy that a, a lot of people sort of viewed him as is sort of being stuck in his ways a little bit unwilling to adapt um and and you could kind of see it too even though we did hear things about Bumgarner you know making some changes working on his cutter working on his change up you know trying to throw his curveball a little bit more those are those are more micro changes, right? Yeah. Those are yeah. those are smaller things. Yeah. They're not the kind of things that you would expect to to turn turn things around for who is one of the worst pitchers in baseball the last few years, right? Uh, he needed to make big changes. He needed to I mean, maybe it was a smaller change, but like something that would have a big outcome. And and clearly, the stuff that he was willing to try, at least that we saw in games, was just not like that. He kind of looked Cutter. like the same Cutter. guy. Cutter. Yeah, yeah, he loved he the man loved his cutter. He loves his cutter. And and the changeup just never quite worked. The the curveball was never quite what it was in San Francisco. Um so yeah, I mean it, it's unfortunate but not necessarily surprising to hear about this now. Well, we thank those of you that are still with us even though the Suns game is over and many of you have already abandon us for the sun show uh we if you if you're still here <laughs> and not uh, the audio listeners yeah the audio don't, 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 don't rub the audio people yeah, if, you're, if you're here after the fact you're probably like Derek why are you throwing this shade at me <laughs> I, I don't deserve this right now so we thank those of you that are here whether it's now live or in the in the future uh for being here if you haven't done so already make sure to subscribe to the phnx sports youtube channel sign up for notifications so you don't miss when any of our shows go live especially when they go live at the exact same time as each other. Uh, and also leave us a thumbs up just to let us know that there are still people out there watching us. Uh, also, uh, if you're listening on your favorite audio podcasting app, I'm sorry to throw this live show shade at you. You don't deserve it, especially at all. Uh, but you can leave us a review. We appreciate that. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite audio podcasting app. Most importantly, go check out the BetMGM app. We have teamed up with BetMGM this season, and we will be using their lines to make all of our picks and have some special offers for you this season. Of course, signature bets are live right now, and you can click into the NBA playoff matchup of choice. I hope that there's some sort of sad Suns fan uh, signature bet. There should be, at least, especially on road games, because these have been especially hard in Denver. But uh, make sure make sure to check out the BetMGM Sportsbook over at State Farm Stadium. That's where the guys are tonight for the PHNX Suns away playoff watch party. And hopefully, hopefully... There's more of those. Yeah. That would mean we have a game seven. Just need to say that. Are you going uh, to Those now? are all okay. presented by neutral, and hopefully you get more of those. Happy hour pricing, $6 rally of the Valley margaritas. I love the margaritas, by the way. The food is also very fantastic. Uh, and if those playoff watch parties don't happen, you can still join us for the Knockout Nights Cornhole League, first Friday of every month through August. Uh, food and beverage specials, giveaways, bet MGM prizes, and so much more. Uh, we're also going to be broadcasting our live shows from there. So 
We now have a Friday show starting this week. Make sure to join us this Friday for that. And then make sure yes. to join us at the Knockout Nights Cornhole League where we will be doing our show from. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM app, use bonus code uh, PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to our buddy Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Uh, this beer's crack getting cracked for Daniel, who said, for the record, this show is better than the Suns one. Let's go, Jesse. Yeah. All right. Um, but what do we got ahead? Of course, again, we got tomorrow, uh, the final game of this series. We got uh, Merrill the Mainstay on the mound for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And, of course, that's always a good thing. And they can, once again, close out this series and avoid losing another series. Uh, and they've been very good at that so far this season. They have, yeah. And and this second game of the series was always going to be the hardest one for the D-backs to win. Jesus Lazardo, we haven't even talked about him. He was really good today. He was incredible today. Yeah. He's one of my favorite younger pitchers to watch. He has a little Robbie Ray in, in his game, tons of swing and miss, the you know, the the slider and up to 98 with his fastball from the left side. He's really yeah. fun to watch. Um, but yeah, tomorrow I think things turn back in the D-backs' favor. You've got Edward Cabrera. A 25-year-old righty on the mound for the Marlins. The D-backs get to face righty. the D-backs get to righty. face the righty. Let's go! Uh, no, uh, Clutch Canuck, I think, was uh, expressing some joy about that earlier. The D-backs definitely have been better against righties this season, and yeah, Merrill Kelly is, has been outstanding of late. So, uh, you know, things turn back in the D-backs' favor tomorrow, and uh, they've been really good about making sure they take two out of three in these series. So we'll it. see see if they're able to do that tomorrow. Um, I want to give a shout out to my hair twin, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. for becoming a U.S. citizen. Uh, he's gone through a lot to accomplish this. I mean, we got we got he flew to Miami, flew to Miami. And I mean, he's on still Sunday night and, and then still, he came back yesterday afternoon, like in time to play in the game. Yes. It's pretty uh, wild. Seven, seven o'clock. And he went right to the ballpark, apparently. Yeah. Uh, still hasn't uh, gotten to celebrate that full fully yet and there is uh, some talks about whether or not it would be in Miami that he'd have to go or if they could do like the final ceremony portion yeah here in Phoenix he might have to go back to Miami yeah. it sounds like but uh I mean and he, he he threw some shade at his older brother for maybe overcoaching him a little too much uh and his younger brother <laughs> for not getting his U.S. citizenship yet but he said Aren't they uh, both he's, older? He's next. Is he? Is he? I uh, think Yuli is Yuli's older. older too. Yeah. I thought he's. I thought he. Uh, but yeah. No, they were talking about his two two brothers. So, um, but yeah. Again, shout out to Lourdes Goriel Jr. for. Yeah, Yuli's uh, thirty eight, man. Oh Yuli, wow. Yuli is way yeah, older yeah, than yeah. Lourdes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, but Lourdes has had himself quite the week, and uh, again, big shout out to him for for going through all that. I mean, his teammates are very very supportive of him on that. We saw Christian Walker uh, with the American. Uh, shades the other night during the post game, uh, and we also saw a bunch of balloons and and purple heart balloons, which I really dug. Yeah, they were still they were today. still there today. Yeah, so it was very cool. But uh, there's some great giveaways this weekend uh, at Chase Field. If you needed something to do with mom, somewhere to go, I think it's uh, Asian Pacific Heritage Night on Saturday. 
So they're giving away that anime t-shirt on Saturday. And then Sunday is the Mother's Day t-shirt that is really, really sharp looking in person. I got to admit, the Diamondbacks have just done an outstanding job with uh, giveaway items this year because... I don't know. I don't know if it's the lack of a sponsor on it because that always kind of made stuff feel cheap when it, you know you want to enjoy this hat, but it's got a big old Sanderson yeah, Ford right. logo across the back. <laughs> it's of more car. a hat representing the sponsor, than, <laughs> right? Than, than, than anything than else, what, right? What you wanted for. So <laughs> <laughs> I like that, but uh, I won't. I won't lie. I finally got my hands on that Zach Gallon bobblehead, and it is. It's a nice it, bobblehead. It's a nice bobblehead. It's got it's got little lenses in his glasses. It's adorable. <laughs> um, but we also. Uh, we we wanted to give a shout out to the Los Angeles Angels for throwing shade the right way. We talked last oh, week yeah. about the Padres uh, and the way they kind of uh, the, the they, crying Kershaw, the crying days. Kershaw, and then they lost the next two games. Well, uh, the Angels had their own little fun with the scoreboard today, and uh, this is with Jonah Heim, who you brought up a while yeah. ago, right, with his ridiculous numbers, nine forty eight OPS, but. Uh, they said here in a game against the Angels, it said, <laughs> has a daughter, however, missed an opportunity and did not name her Anna because then she would have been Anna Hyatt. It's a, thank you. Oh, we all, we, a, we'd be lost without I don't know. You. Sometimes people can't figure out the joke. People will stare at that and be like, I don't get it. I just need to let everybody know what the joke was. That must be one of the best jobs in sports. And there are a lot of great jobs to have in sports. There but really the are. person who gets to come up with what they're going to put on the yes. screen to like yes. roast the opposing player. Especially when be... it's the roasting the thing, right? Like, oh, yeah. I love the roasting. Was it, was it Nick Ahmed that got some shade thrown at him that you yes. took the picture of? Yeah, that was during. Uh, I'm trying to remember. That was while uh, while I was in San Diego. That was the D-back series against the Padres on the road. Um, and yeah, Nick, I think it was UCSD. Right? Was was playing in San Diego in, State versus UConn. And yeah. San Nick Diego Ahmed went State to, went Thank to you. UConn. So in yes. San Diego, yeah. And so it had. Thank the you for interpreting, Damon. Strikeouts? That's how much. That's how much attention I paid him. I I paid a March Madness. I know you're a big college. Sports I'm a fan, huge, so. huge college basketball fan. Uh, but yeah, they were just throwing shade at, at Nick Ahmed and like all of the bad things that he did at UConn. Yeah, like I mean, he was a, a fantastic baseball player. Right. Obviously, he's in. He's but it was in the it was like the bad point. stats, like how many like times yeah, he got it was it was like he got like yeah that. he got caught stealing like four times or something in such and such a year. Uh, I feel like there's just way too much to be way too much fun to be had uh, in in those types of situations. So uh, if if I if at some point the D backs need a guy, you know, to 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 do that, I think uh, yeah. I think uh, you know we'd we'd be able to pull that off pretty well. I I, th- I think me and Jesse could could nail that job. I, I think the two of us combined because see, here's the thing: you never know who's actually tweeting from the account. <laughs> That's the truth. We both we both try to act like each other, which really just there throws you, you off the scent, right? But uh, you should follow us. Uh, we'll give you all sorts of great advice, like joining us for our takeover event, which we can't wait for. Uh, it's coming up soon. It's going to be on Thursday. We're all going to go out. We're going to watch the baseball. We're going to have a great time. Uh, $32 for diehards, $40 for everyone else for this game. Uh, we're going to have a pregame meetup at Four Peaks Draft House at Chase Field. Uh, the seats are really good. Make sure to join us for this one. Games time starts at 640. Uh, Jesse and I have cleared our schedules. Jesse's not allowed to bring his computer. Uh, I left my phone <laughs> at home today, by the way, which is just a living nightmare. So uh, if any of you that have my number have texted me. That's probably the reason why I haven't texted you back. But uh, anyway, join us for this. I promise I'll bring my phone uh, and I won't stare at it the whole time. Uh, and we got a lot of those games coming up, one per month up to the end of the season. Braves, Cardinals, Padres, Rockies after that Giants game. So make sure to join us for that 
If you want to watch some more baseball, make sure to use our friends over at Game Time because they are the best way to buy tickets. Uh, not only can you get uh, tickets at the last minute as a procrastinator, but you can also get the best price on your tickets at the last minute. It's the fastest growing ticket app uh, in the country for a reason because you can snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. I believe there's a minimum purchase fee. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, redeem uh, code PHNX for $20 off. You can download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And as Jesse will tell you, it's very aesthetically pleasing and easy to use, which not all ticket apps are, even the ones for the big thing. I'm not going to throw, I don't know, <laughs> I want to get sued, so I'm not going to talk about the one you want me to talk about. But anyway, uh, I will talk about more furniture uh, because all I could do today, and Jesse can attest to this, was dream about coming back here to the studio and falling it's, asleep. It's in true. One of our Derek recliners. really wanted to leave the ballpark and before come the over game even started, I just I was like, I want to go take a nap in the recliners. <laughs> and Jesse was like, but the game, and I was like, yeah, Brandon Fott is going to keep me here. But realistically, uh, I just can't stop thinking about these recliners. Really, maybe the result home. would have been better, Derek, if you had come. Maybe, back maybe. And, and I mean, things did kind of like level out once I left and came back to the studio. So who knows? But we have wonderful furniture, including Saul is back there just putting together a new studio for us. Like, again, I've told you, he's walking around the studio with, like, a, a tool belt on and stuff. I'm surprised he's not here right now building it. But uh, make sure to check out our friends at morefurniture.com. Uh, they have white glove delivery service. You don't have to lift a finger, do a thing to get your furniture in your home. And you can save big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com. We thank you guys so much for joining us. We're sorry the results weren't better, uh, and that goes across <laughs> the board. But, of course, we have tomorrow, and we have lots more games when it comes to baseball. We so have a watch-along tomorrow. We do have a watch-along watch tomorrow. Along. That's right. This See, is true. This is probably the fourth time tonight the Damon's reminded me of the watch-along, and I still sound surprised. When I, oh, yeah, that's right. There's a watch-along. Join us Wednesday. We're going to have a watch-along right here at the studio. I'll be here. We're going to send Jesse over to the stadium for a little bit, but he'll join me, I'm sure, during that watch-along. And then we will have our post series show after tomorrow's game so make sure to stop through for that thursdays at one o'clock so that jesse and i can get out there for the uh for, for that lovely takeover that we have of chase field and then friday we will be back here again for another post game episode so make sure to join us all week long we love you guys we thank you for being here good times bad times we're always here together uh you can follow us on twitter i'm at cap underscore caveman with a k this absolute maniac is at jesse and friedman <laughs> Damon is at Damon Dog. That's D-A-W-G. Uh, but, of course, our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs, and all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you for being an Arizona Diamondbacks fan. Thank you for joining us on behalf of all of these guys here at the studio. We appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's more fun when you have a good second outing. <laughs>